0: Hello, I'm ned 88 Welcome to my podcast where I chat to geocachers to learn more about this amazing game. Today I'm sitting down with Ireland VK to talk about how geocaching gave her a second lease on life after her kids had grown up and moved out. Welcome Ireland VK, thanks for sitting down with me today. An absolute pleasure, Ned. It's just been something I've wanted to do for ages, so thanks for asking me. I was delighted. I'm glad that you said yes. So I've got you on today to talk about how geocaching gave you more of a purpose um, in your yes. later life. So I normally ask how people got into geocaching first, but I think let's hear a little bit about what your life was like before geocaching to oh, start off with. I can tell you,
1: but I have to take you back a long way, Annette, because this paints a picture of my life. My mother was born in 1940 in London. That's the war, Second mm-hmm. World War. So the war was already happening when she was born. So the first five years of her life were terrifying. There was loud noises all the time. There was fire. There was darkness. There was closed spaces. There was running away from things and running back to places. Her family home was bombed. Mm. So her first five years were just terrifying. And then the next ten years were the country trying to recover, rebuild London, uh, She has recollections of the food she ate was not what we would consider food. Like, offal is quite normal. You ate what you could and you struggled to recover. So by the time she was 15, maybe she was starting to find a normal life again. She got married young. She had three kids young. They moved from London all the way to Australia. Now, I came here when I was nearly four and I was a very conservative safe little girl my mother taught me to be afraid of the dark afraid of loud noises so thunderstorms were terrifying afraid of closed spaces because that was her childhood that's what you did I also had very conservative parents uh, I'm the middle child with two brothers and what girls were allowed to do was very different to what boys were allowed to do so my brothers played soccer I didn't do any sport I was allowed to do ballet for a year my brothers went to Cubs and Scouts and they did camping and outdoorsy stuff and rough housing. I went to Brownies and then I went on to Guides for a couple of years. But we didn't go camping or do outdoorsy stuff. The Brownie holidays were in a little hall and we were all very safe. And I was never allowed to do anything outdoorsy. So I didn't get a bike till I was 15. Mm-hmm. And then I was only allowed to ride the bike around my local suburb to my cousin's place or to my friend's place. Uh, that was it. I didn't never been out in a kayak. Uh, I wasn't allowed to climb trees. If I had climbed trees, my mother would have been the one at the bottom of the tree looking up saying, oh, are you all right? You've got to be very safe. Can you come back down? It's just too scary. That was my childhood. Uh, t Tech and I met when I was seven and he was nine. So we've known each other most of our lives. We got married young. By the time I was 25, we had a mortgage and three children and a car loan and... Oh, hey. <laughs> And then my, the next 20 years were spent growing my kids. So that's my kind of early life. Until the time my kids were grown up and were starting to move out and do their own things, I suddenly found myself at an absolute loss because everything had been structured around family and safety and growing the kids and all the rest of it. And then suddenly there was a husband working full-time, me, no kids, no grandkids at that stage either. That's before geocaching. Does that give you an idea?
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you're, you're obviously a geocacher now, so yes. what was the next step all right. in that?
1: Back in 2011, the kids were all gone. I was at home on my own on a rainy Saturday afternoon. Uh, T-Tech was off doing some technical thing for church group and he was out for the whole afternoon. I was sitting at home in front of my computer and there was this website called Stumble. You press the stumble button and this random web page came up on the screen and you'd sit there and you go, yeah yeah, 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 no, stumble, yeah, yeah, no, stumble. Oh, I'm not looking at that one, stumble. And then this thing called Geocaching, the front page of the website, mm-hmm. came up and I just was gobsmacked. <laughs> it was just right there in front of me, yeah. random page, and I just devoured it. I just couldn't believe it. It just suddenly pressed All my happy buttons. As a kid, I loved maps and compasses and navigating. I did geography at school, so latitude and longitude and the world map and where things were. I was the kid that would sit in the backseat of the family cars. We went on our long driving holidays with the maps in front of me, following where we were going. I mean, this is the street directories, Mm -hmm. not, you know, the little GPS things we have. So I loved all of that. It was technology. I'm a super geek. I really am. It was gadgets. It was finding things, like actually following a compass and going and finding something there. The app back then, you had to buy it. I had a smartphone, and it was a $10 app. I just remember thinking, I've never spent that much money on an app on my phone before. In fact, I don't think I'd ever bought any apps. I would bought that app from the app store. Put it on my phone. And as I was looking on the webpage, I realised there were seven geocaches within two kilometres of my house.
0: Yeah.
1: And most of them were Wing App and Malo Mm -hmm. and Kate & Co. Went out the front door by myself. Now, this is, you know, conservative, safe, happy little mummy and all the rest of it. Mm -hmm. I went out the front door by myself. I couldn't find the first one or the second or the third. Oh, no. But I found the fourth one all by myself. It was uh, Rock on Compera by App. Yep.
0: yep.
1: It's still there. It's actually still there. I found it by myself that Saturday afternoon in the drizzling rain and had to get home because I knew t would be home soon. And when he got in, I said, you've, you've got to come and have a look at this website. Just went off the rocker. And this absolute craziness just welled up inside me. And I remember thinking... I haven't felt like this since little kidness. I hadn't done the crazy thing. It was just like this bubbling thing. I said, you've got to come and do it. Next afternoon, we went out and we found the other six. It was just, I was hooked on this game. It was so exciting. I just, I had no idea where it was going to take me. I just remember thinking it was so much fun. Three or four days later, we headed off on an overseas trip. We were going to the UK and tripping around England, Scotland, and Wales for a few weeks. By the time we came back five weeks later, I had 70 finds. I thought it was just so exciting. 70. You can do it in England. You can do it in Wales and in Scotland. It was like, wow, I have no idea where that bubbly thing came from, but it was just amazing. A few weeks later, I was out geocaching by myself one weekday. And uh, the newsletter from Geocaching Country, and I look, was looking at the new caches and there was a cache listed that had come out the night before, 270 metres from my house, a new one. And I remember looking at it thinking, what? Anyway, I just drove around the street it was in, went for a little walk, found the cache. My log that evening reflected how come a cache 270 meters from my house got published last night and I didn't know about it that evening I get an email back from the CEO, and he said you say you live 270 meters from that cache well so do I and I'm thinking to myself is he one of my neighbors like who is this guy it was brother Colin now it turns out that we were the three points of the triangle he lived 270 meters from the cache and so did I But we were about 500 metres apart, so Mm -hmm. we didn't actually know each other. Anyway, in November in 2011, I met online Brother Colin. I cached a fair bit longer, but then I used to contact him and get hints. And it turned out he had already got a thousand geocache finds. He'd started three weeks before I had... We didn't know each other. He'd already had a thousand. I was up to, oh, i say a hundred by then, thinking I was very clever. In the January, he said he wanted to take a walk out to Palm Gully, which is off Mount Glorious. And would t Tech and I like to join him? Uh, There are a few other people that he thought might be coming. Someone called P-Prime, someone called Kate and Co, and this random woman from down south called Team DFL. And I said to t Tech, yeah. Let's go and do it. I've, I've never done any bushwalking like this, but you know, I think it'll be fun. And <laughs> um, we had to buy me a pair of hiking boots because I didn't own any. We had backpacks and drink bottles. Anyway, we drove out to Mount Glorious and we met Brother Colin, Kate and Coe, P Prime, and Team DDFL all on the same day. Talk about serendipitous. The Brother Colin and Team DFL are both bike riders. They're kayakers. They're outdoorsy people that climb mountains. And I'm just looking at them going, um, can I come and play with you? <laughs> I've no idea where this thing came from. But over the next couple of years, I really got to know those two so well. They became my kayaking mentors, my hiking mentors. We climbed steadily, slightly higher mountains together. Went kayaking. Then one day when I was in a case near where I lived, I found a bicycle just in the bushes, just an old bike, took it to the police station, handed it in, said, I found it in this place. If no one claims it, can't have it. Three months later, ring, ring, "Uh, that bike, no one's ever claimed it's yours. It's like, I own a bike. And I just told Brother Colin and Team DFL. Team DFL is an elite level mountain bike rider, like Australian champion. She took me bike riding. I was... Are astonished at the kindness of geocaches, the people that would try and connect with you and go and do stuff. I just discovered this absolutely craziness and love of doing wacko things like climbing mountains just because there's a geocache at the top.
0: Well, it seems like you've well and truly fallen in love with geocaching. It's turned my life upside down. Honestly,
1: I have, um, I now own a kayak. T Tech bought me a bike. A proper mountain bike. And then we bought him one as well. And then we bought kayaks. It's like... And then I discovered this thing called tree climbing. Now, I've never climbed a tree in my life. But I suddenly discovered that after all the exercise I've been getting, I actually can do this. Tree climbing to find caches was just... Most people go, oh yeah, just climb a tree. No, 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 no. You're you're climbing a tree. I wasn't allowed to do that. Uh, I never attempted that. Tree caching has just... Opened up so many crazy things. I've, I've been up all of the Glasshouse Mountains except for Canaran because you're not allowed to go up that one just to find geocaches. I'd be like Tipro ah, with a group of friends. It's the social side of geocaching that impresses me so much because I'm an extrovert. Can you tell? Mm. I'm, a, I'm a roaring extrovert. I like being around people. And there's this great meme I found on Facebook years ago. It says friendship is really weird. You find a new human and you think, I like this one. I want to go do things with them. And that's what you do. And geocaching just gives that a little bit of focus to a fabulously fun day out with new friends, people I've never been out with before, someone that randomly comes onto the Facebook group and says, "Um, anyone want to go out? Oh, yeah, I'll go. (laughs) Why not? Events are fabulous. I love the connection of all that and I, it still presses all my happy buttons to follow my phone or my GPS and go and find a piece of plastic in the bush. <laughs> One wonderful game. What a difference it has. I mean, it's been nine years and I just love it.
0: Do you have an aspect of geocaching that you love the most?
1: Um, I really love kayaking. I really like the uh, the sense of going out on a boat and putting my life at risk on the water. Because I, I could never swim. I was, had swimming lessons at school, but I couldn't swim more than five metres as a kid. Hang on, English. We weren't taught to swim. Um, so being out in a kayak that I have to paddle by myself, that I've, I've done solo kayaking days, and they're just insane because there's, there's this huge risk factor to it, but it's so good. Um, kayaking's a real buzz. I find it easier than bike riding. Maybe the arms are better than the legs. Actually owning a kayak and owning a bike and having hiking boots and a proper hiking pack and walking (laughs) poles. I listened to your uh, podcast with Cabria, with Cab, about solo hiking, and I get that. I totally get that. After a couple of years of hiking with Brother Colin or Team DFL, they both said to me quite separately, you need to go and do your own solo hike. And I'm not talking, you know, half an hour at the bush. You need to go and do a full-day hike, prepare it yourself, go a long way from home, go out bush, set yourself up to do this thing. And I think that was probably the most exciting day I've had by myself, geocaching, because I had to prepare for it, pack my own gear. Usually I went along with them relying on their skills mm-hmm. and abilities. I mean, they didn't have to carry me, but and I carried my own stuff and I pulled my own weight, but it was their preparation, their care of the day that has helped me establish how to do that. And so when they said you have to do this yourself, the planning of it was detailed and not cautious because I I like being adventurous, but it was, um, I can't think of the word to describe it, Um, almost like bookends, if you know what I mean. You've got a shelf of books, you put a bookend on each end to hold it all in and it was kind of that okay these books are all here and this right let's put the bookends in right we're good the whole day was planned out and i had to drive down to currumbin i went for boyd's butt and herb's falls mm-hmm. so boyd's butt's a big climb up a mount smallish mountain but it's rocky scree all the way and herb's falls is come back down from that and go up another creek up to the end of that um it's about a six hour hike from the time you leave the car to the time you've been up to Boyd's Butt, out to Herb's Falls, back at the car. I drove myself down to Corumban, parked the car, got my gear ready and set off and thinking right, I've got a six hour window I'd agreed with T Tech, Team DFL and Brother Colin to send in a couple of text messages to say, yeah, I'm okay. So I set off sent that. Okay, leaving the car. Got out all the way out to Boyd's butt, got up on the top oh signal. Yay, I'm on top of Boyd's butt, here's the picture, all good. Went out to Herbs Falls, sent another one there, got back at the car and couldn't get reception. So I had to drive, you know, 20 minutes back up the road <laughs> to get reception to say I was okay. Brother Colin and t Tech both had bags packed in case they hadn't heard from me by 3 o'clock. Mm-hmm. And Brother Colin went down the Gold Coast so he was able to pack his bag and at 3 o'clock he was going to leave and drive down and come look for me. Oh, it's when I set off in the morning, within half an hour it was raining. Ah. Oh, I know I'm thinking, oh this is stupid, what am I doing? But I did it. I got all out to Bolly's Buck, got all the information, got all out to Herb's Falls, got the information, didn't get lost, didn't get injured, got all the way back to the car, found the caches, signed the logbooks, it's just it was I've just done that all by myself. Who am I? And what
0: happened to Heather? I mean who I don't
1: know where she went. I like this Heather better. It's so much more fun. <laughs>
0: It seems that geocaching has taught you a lot of skills that you didn't have already or you didn't know that you had. I think that's more correct.
1: I didn't know that I had them. I loved maps and navigating and all the rest of it. I just didn't know I had that skill. So being able to put them to use in geocaching has kind of opened that like it's almost like a pandora's box that said oh you actually can do this here it is pop it out and try and use it to give you an example of the difference in my life when i was a kid my dad would go bushwalking with a few of his friends and they'd take their sons with them bushwalking it's pretty rare any daughters went in fact there weren't many daughters anyway dad had this beautiful swiss army knife now, I never cared about Swiss Army knives all my life. and never cared about them until I discovered geocaching and I realised that people had Leathermans and Swiss Army knives and, you know, you have your kit with your screwdrivers and your, your, everything in there, um, sticky tape in case you're chewing gum. If you have to plug up a hole and all, all these little things that people had. Dad died about six years ago and Mum came out with, the, with Dad's Swiss Army knife and she said to me, which of your brothers should I give this to you? And I just looked at her and I said, could I please have it? And she said, what do you want it for? Because mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm a geocache now, Mum, and it's it's. I've got lots of friends that have got one. And she said, oh, all right, if you want it. I'm thinking, you've got no idea what you've just given me. <laughs> you've just given me Dad's Swiss Army knife. And it was like the second from the top of the yeah. range. She had this mum that's got like 32 tools in it and I've got this Swiss Army knife sits in my geocaching pack, comes out occasionally and gets used. I would never have had the skills to use it. I would never have known that I could have used it. What geocaching's done is opened up a side of me I didn't know I had, but that is actually quite skilled. I remember talking to another friend when she discovered geocaching. This is a younger mum, and she had quite a difficulty with her husband because he could not see the point and she would love to go out by herself and you know get the kids to school and all the rest of it and do what she had to do and then go out to and just trying to explain that what really is frustrating about it is that I'm actually really good at it I'm actually good at this I have no idea why I just know I'm a geek and I like gadgets and I like scavenger hunting and I like technology and I like maps and it education's got it all so yes it's skills that I've brought
0: to you so that I didn't know I had I was skilled at does that make sense yeah yeah going back a little bit what would you say to other mums either sitting at home not sure if they should do it or feeling like they can't do it do you have anything to like yeah just get out the front door
1: download the die app And just do the ones near you. Just go out the front door and you'll find something. Particularly if you live in a a city. There's going to be one within a kilometre of your house. So get out the door. Follow that map. Follow that compass or the, the little blue line on the map. Whatever you like. Go and get it. And if you can't find them, go to an event. I mean, we don't have them at the moment because of coronavirus. But go to an event. Meet people. Say, hi, I'm new. I'd really like to connect with people. Because most of us would really like to connect with you and draw you in. There's two roles in my life I really like to play is a lieutenant. So I used to work for a youth leader, and she was also a musician. And one of the jobs she had to do was to go and collect a band from the airport and take them all the way out to Toowoomba with all their gear, for uh, a conference. And they're coming out from New Zealand. And I went with her to carry her bag. We were sitting at the international airport waiting for these people to come through. We didn't know them, but she knew who to look for. And I said, you go do your thing. I've got your bag. I've got the bag of water bottles for them. We've got the keys for the vans. We're good. You go and do your greet, and I'll be the one behind you. The other thing I like doing is leading people into new things like geocaching i love the you can't use the word mentoring because that sounds like i'm teaching you how to play it but i like being the one that says well i'll come with you and let's do it together i think geocaching just lends itself to go play And it doesn't matter who it is. I've been out on group play days where there's been 20 people in the little block of people walking around this bush area trying to find geocaches. I've done solo days. I've done one on ones. And I don't care whether I spend a day with Brother Colin and me and we're out somewhere geocaching or it's Team DFL and me and it's just the two of us out geocaching. It doesn't matter geocaching jumps over all those hurdles and it doesn't matter if you're a bloke and a woman or you're two women or you're two blokes or you're old and he's young or you're old and she's young it doesn't matter you might even have only just met and you can spend the day out together geocaching lends itself to that and as an extrovert that's really good <laughs>
0: And um, that does remind me, I don't think I've told this story on the podcast before, but the first time I ever met P-Prime, we went off to do the Gold Coast Power Trail and I got my dad to drop me off at the train station where he was meeting me because I was early 20s and I was meeting this strange older man to go geocaching with Uh, and i remember dad sitting in the car with me and he turns up and dad's like oh is that him i'm like oh i think so i don't know dad yeah i don't know what he looks like and that was dad's like (laughs) what do you mean you don't know um but no that's exactly the same thing like geocaching i have friends of all different ages and Races And and genders and beliefs. It it doesn't matter, does it? No. As long as you are happy to go and find boxes in the bush with me. Yeah. you're happy to come with me, I'm
1: happy to go with you. Let's just go play together. Really. It's just (laughs) geocaching. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I totally understand that. I remember you and Prime often being out together thinking, oh, that's a good pairing. They work well. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Getting back to the the reason that we're here, though. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It seems that geocaching has given you more confidence to be able to do these fun things and trying things out for the first time.
1: Yes, very true.
0: Do you have any advice for new geocachers who may be wanting to try out kayaking or try out tree climbing or any of these kind of extreme versions of geocaching? Mm. But they've never tried it before. They don't know where to start. Yeah. Um, you know, what's... How do you connect? Yeah. There's, we've
1: got a, quite a few good Facebook groups about geocaching in Brisbane. There's a lot of groups. Get online. I'd recommend Geocaching Southeast Queensland and Geocaching Brisbane on Facebook. That's just about everybody in the Brisbane area that wants to connect is on there. Just post something. So many times I've said, I've just got a new kayak. I'm interested in going out kayak caching. Is anyone else interested? You might get an answer. You might not. Put it out there. I've done occasions where I've said, I've got Wednesday free. I'm thinking of going up to Woodford just to do a few caches around there. Any takers. Some days you get them. Some days you don't. But The days you do get them, you suddenly realize, okay, let's meet at Macca's at the Bribie Interchange and we'll go from there. And so you both turn up and you look at each other and go, "Are you?" Da, 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 and they go, "Yeah, let's meet." Hi, I'm Ireland K. Nice to meet you. Where are we going? <laughs> yeah. uh, just put it out there. Put it on Facebook on the mm-hmm. two groups. Yeah, uh, you'll find good connection. People will make the effort to come out and play.
0: And obviously, if you are a listener that isn't in Brisbane, finding your own Facebook group is probably going to be more effective for you than posting in our Facebook groups thousands of miles away. But they're everywhere. I keep coming across Geocaching
1: Northern Sydney, Geocaching Southern Melbourne, Geocaching DeLong. Just look for them on Facebook, your local area. Find a Facebook group, connect, sign up and say, yeah, I'm a newbie. I have no idea what I'm doing, but I've got this day free. Is anyone interested? And you'll get takers.
0: Well, well, thanks so much for sitting down and talking to me about – how geocaching has given you kind of a new lease on life indeed it has thanks that should we uh should we go fun some geocaching i think we better let's go tree <laughs> fishing shall we <laughs> all right we'll try to poll out for you i'm yeah let's go play awesome if you would like to be a guest on an episode or have a topic you would like me to cover you can message me through my geocaching profile the link is in the episode notes happy geocaching